A very good morning to my brothers and sisters in Christ, and also a warm welcome to the guests that have joined us here, both in person as well as those online. Thank you for taking time to be with us to worship God this morning. We are currently on a series of lessons about leadership, and last week we discussed about how God has appointed leaders in the church. We spoke about various groups of leaders that God has given us. For instance, in Ephesians 4 verse 11, the Bible tells us that God has given us apostles, prophets. Of course, if we know that these were officers in the first century, uh, they are no longer with us today. But the written word is still with us, giving us guidance and leadership. We spoke about evangelists and then pastors and teachers. We spoke about uh, pastors last week and we spoke about how there are various terms uh, used to describe them. For example, elders, presbyters, uh, bishops, overseers, and pastors and shepherds. And today we are going to talk about another special group of people. Although oftentimes we think of them more as servants. When Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, he actually addressed the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, referring to the Christians, to the membership. And then he addressed the elders, the bishops, and then the deacons. So there's another group of people that is taught being referred to Ephesians 4 verse 11, which is that of deacons. And that is what we are going to talk about today. But when we think about deacons, they are actually not just only servants. They are more like servant leaders. They actually take the lead in coordinating Christians, in serving more efficiently and effectively. In fact, when we consider the credentials for these servant leaders, they are quite similar to the leaders that Moses appointed on the advice of Jethro. Compare these two verses that we'll look at in Acts chapter 6, verse 3, and Exodus chapter 18, verse 21. In Acts chapter 6, verse 3, later we'll consider this passage further as we consider why this big group of people can actually be considered deacons based on the Greek word that is used for in this passage. Okay. But for now, let's take it that these are referring to the deacons. And let's consider what are some of the credentials they are supposed to have. When there was a murmuring in the church because of the Grecian widows that were neglected, the apostles told the church to look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that we may appoint over this business, the business of ministering to the Grecian widows. Likewise, in Exodus chapter 18, we see that Moses was bearing a heavy load. The people were queuing up to see him for matters of judgment. And they were queuing up from day, morning to night, morning to night. Can you imagine one person looking after millions of Israelites in the wilderness? And so Jethro, his father-in-law, gave him a very good advice. He told him that he needed help and that he needed to appoint able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and then place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So notice this group of people, they were actually rulers, they were leaders. They were leaders in their own right. Even though they were serving, but they were leading. And when you consider the qualifications, the criteria, it's quite similar. Right? Okay? When we look at Acts chapter 6, verse 3, the word highlighted in red, men of honest report. Moses was asked to look for men who hate covetousness. So quite similar. You're honest, you, don't, you are not covetous. You don't pilfer from the Lord's money. And then talk about men that are full of Holy Ghost and men of truth. What does it mean to be full of the Holy Ghost? Well, we know that in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and verse 19, it tells us that be not drunk with excess, but we be, drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. So to be filled with the Spirit, when we compare it with Colossians 3.16, it means to let the Word of God dwell in us richly. 
Oftentimes, Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 are parallel with Colossians 3, 16 because both of them relate to singing. So to be filled with the Spirit also means to be filled with God's Word in us. And these are men of truth who know God's Word. And another criteria is to be filled with wisdom. What does it mean to be filled with wisdom? Proverbs 1, verse 7 tells us, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, full of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So to be filled with uh, knowledge, to be filled with wisdom also means to be someone who has uh, who is hearing God, who is God-fearing because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. So when you compare these two passages, we see that the criteria is quite similar. Not only are they to serve, but they are also to lead. Generally speaking, a congregation often does not rise above its leadership. Oftentimes, the leaders are actually the best people in the church. So when you look for leaders, we are looking for the hardest working people, the people who are of upright moral standing. So a congregation depends much on its leadership. So a church becomes great by desiring, encouraging, and supporting great leadership in the midst. Last week, we spoke about elders, and now we're looking at another group of servant leaders who are actually deacons. So in this morning's lesson, we want to consider the leadership of deacons, God's plan for deacons in his church. First, we will consider a similar things that we discussed last week, the requirement for deacons. Why do we need deacons? And then we'll talk about the responsibility of deacons. What are deacons supposed to do? And then we'll look at the response to deacons. How should we treat deacons when we have them? Let's first consider, why are deacons required? Do we actually require deacons in the church? Sometimes we are so comfortable with things, we say, we don't really need deacons, uh, we have men doing the job. Why are deacons required? Well, firstly, because when you have deacons in the church, it is a sign that the church is growing. A growing church must have deacons because they must need people to take care of the problems in the church. You see, when you have deacons in the church, it suggests that there is numerical growth. In Acts chapter 6, we see that there was internal problems in the church. Why so? Well, when you are growing, when you have more people, with more people, definitely there will be problems that arise. As Acts chapter 6 verse 1 tells us, in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, so it was growing, it was getting too large for them to be able to take care. Remember in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, we were seeing that how the church come together to support one another. Those who have possessions, those who have land, they sold them off to take care of the needs of those who have them. If it's a small group, we can still take care of them uh, in a uh, uh, not, not so organized way. But imagine if your church grows up to be hundreds, thousands of people. Definitely, if you don't have organization, there'll be people who will be left out. And that was the problem because the Grecian widows were neglected in the daily administration. So having deacons is a good sign. It shows that the church is growing. And the more people there are, it also means that there are more work that needs to be done. And so deacons needed to do the work. You know, when churches grow, we need more space. That's why we move out from GV building to here, where we can have a bigger area to be able to worship and to serve God. But not only do we need more space, we also need more people as well. Over GV, where we were smaller, okay, our agape lunch was also smaller. Uh, you don't need so much food. Less people preparing food. But now you can't have the same number preparing for 60 people as compared to 30 people. Uh. The load will be very heavy. A lot of work needs to be done. So we need to more people to step up. Likewise, Bible classes. Where we are at GV, we have a few classes. Right now, our children class has two classes now. Eventually, we need to go to three classes. We are thinking of starting a teenager class in 2025 when our young children goes to secondary school. 
It's a big problem. It's a problem, but it's a happy problem to have because it shows that the church is growing. Not only does it suggest numerical growth, having deacons in the church shows that it's growing spiritually as well. As men mature, they are able to take on these roles. We have men, they have proved themselves who are willing and both able to do the work. And so Acts chapter 6, verse 3, as the church grew, now there were men who were of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, that they can be appointed over this business. When the church is young, there may not be so many able men. But when the church grows, matures, definitely there must be more men that step up. And when you have deacons in the church, it's a very healthy sign. Why do I say that? Because the, the requirement for deacons is that they must rule their house and rule their children well. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. And you know, a strong church comprises of strong families. So the more deacons you have, it shows that the church is doing very well. Men are maturing, taking care of the family, being examples, and helping now to serve in the lost church. So it's a very good sign. When you have deacons in the church, we need to rejoice. Rather than to say, yeah, we got now so many structures, very hard to do things. Be happy that when we have deacons, because it shows there is growth. Deacons also allow for proper division of labor. In fact, when we consider Acts chapter 6, verse 12, at this point in time, the apostles were doing a lot of the work. They were the preachers, they were also serving, taking on the role of the elders, taking care of the church, because at that point in time, elders were not yet appointed. So when you have these people who serve in these roles, helping to serve in the role of deacons, it helps to relieve them so that they can focus on the work they need to do. Acts chapter 6, verse 12, the 12, of, the 12 apostles called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So when there are deacons in the church, it allows preachers to do their work more effectively. Instead of having to take care of the affairs of the church, taking care of the building and ground, we can have deacons taking care of that so that the preachers can be able to focus on teaching visitors, talking to them, understanding the needs of, our, of the visitors and guests and to be able to reach out to them more effectively. And deacons also relieve the load of elders as well. A lot of times, elders essentially are actually doing the work of deacons. Huh? But when you have more deacons, they can actually focus on being able to attend to the needs of members. Okay, imagine you come on Sunday. Uh, the elders are busy taking care of the um, accounts, taking care of the payment of things. When they should be talking to members, understand their needs, their difficulties, and attending to the needs. So when deacons taking care of the admin, the administration, the finances, then the elders can be free to do their work in taking care of the flock. And Acts chapter 6, verse 4, the apostle says, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Okay. So when elders have deacons to assist them, they can take care of the ministry of God's word, the duties that they were appointed to do to shepherd God's people to be able to oversee the affairs of the church. So once again, when we have deacons in the church, it's a happy thing because it means that work can be more structured. More things can be done in the Lord once we can have deacons. And having deacons is actually a virtuous cycle. We say that having deacons is a sign that the church is growing. But having deacons also helps to promote further growth of the church. So it actually helps to self-perpetuate uh, to have more and more growth and then more and more deacons. So it's a self, it's a virtuous cycle that continues to replicate itself. Why do I say that? Well, the officers that are given to us in the church is to equip the saints. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 says, for the perfecting or the New King James Version says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So when you have deacons in the church, they are servant leaders. They organize activities, 
They involve members in various ministries. And when members are involved, they have a sense of belonging. And they begin to grow, they begin to develop, and they invite their friends over. That helps the church to grow, doesn't it? When people feel welcome in the church, they want to bring their friends. The church will naturally grow. So deacons help in that to perpetuate the growth of the church. And deacons also serve as ICs for various ministries. For example, deacons, a lot of them, have to serve in the benevolent ministry. Serving in benevolence doesn't mean that they do all the visiting by themselves, but they get members to be involved. When we know that members are homebound, they are sick, they cannot get out of bed, well, they can say that, get people to be involved. Uh, brother so-and-so, you help to take care of her, the, visit the member on Tuesday. Sister so-and-so, you visit on Thursday. I visit on Saturday. Make sure that the needs of brethren are well taken care of. They help to uh, facilitate in this area. They can also help in worship as well. And of course, once again, not that they do everything, uh, the singing, the praying, all done by them. But they get members involved, schedule them to be able to serve in the various areas. And sometimes even in the area of fellowship, they are like fellowship ICs, taking care of the fellowship activities, getting people to organize games, organize lessons, or prepare food. All these deacons can assist in this area. And they also edify the body of Christ. Edify means to build up. So when deacons in the church, it helps to build up the church. In fact, we consider in Acts chapter 6, there was the problem. The Grecian widows were neglected. But once you have the seven that were appointed to take care of this issue, notice what was the result. After they were appointed, in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible says that the word of God increased. The number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Notice the outcome. Uh, it actually sparked further growth. When problems are resolved, then the growth will not be impeded. Sometimes in the church, there are problems that arise. Deacons help to facilitate, to mitigate these problems so that the church can grow. Okay? When we have a serious problem, deacons oftentimes are the ones hard at work in the building and ground, thinking of solutions, how to make the church grow, how to find more space. They'll be looking at, oh, this room, can I make it uh, break down the walls so that we can have a bigger hall? Can we put TVs in the rooms so that the, the church can continue to grow? When there's, oh, there's not enough chairs, they'll usually be the ones giving up their seats making way for visitors to come in so that they can feel comfortable in the church. When aircon things break down, a lot of times you look to the deacons, uh, hey, uh, something not working, can you help to look into that? The deacons, these are the things that they help with so that the church can grow. So really, when we have deacons in the church, it's really a great asset to the church. When there are deacons, it means that the church is blessed to have men who are willing and able to serve in these various areas. So having understood that why we need deacons, let's consider the responsibility of deacons. What do deacons do? You know, sometimes we are very confused about the work of deacons. We always confuse them with the work. Elders and deacons, oftentimes we mix them together. We mix them together with the works of preachers and deacons. But actually, they have a certain work that they can help with. Firstly, we consider that deacons serve under the oversight of elders. There must be elders over them to oversee them and delegate the work to them. Deacon is actually a, a feast that God has elected to us, uh, for us. Uh. In fact, deacons have strict qualifications just like elders. When we consider 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul starts with qualifications for elders from verse 1 to verse 8. And then subsequently from verse 8 all the way to verse 13, there are qualifications given for deacons as well. And notice that deacons is a formal office because 1 Timothy 3 verse 10 says, let this also first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. 
So deacons are special groups of people that are appointed to this work to help to serve. In fact, the word deacon is taken from the Greek word diakonos, which simply means one who executes the command of another, especially of a master, a servant, attendant, minister. So notice that deacons execute the command of another. So this also means that deacons must serve under someone's oversight. So there must be elders before their deacons. Earlier, I mentioned that uh, the deacons uh, in Acts chapter 6, it seems that they were actually doing deacons' work, uh, but they are not called deacons. Why so? One reason could be because there were no elders in the church yet. In fact, the first time we see elders mentioned the church at Jerusalem is in Acts 11 verse 30, where Paul and Barnabas brought the collection to the elders in the church to help to solve the problems in the church when there was a famine in the land. So when you have no elders, you can't really have deacons because they serve under the oversight. So perhaps for that reason, they are not called deacons, even though the work they do is actually the work of deacons, as we'll see in our next point. So we see that deacons serve under elders. A lot of times people misunderstand their work. They think that they are junior elders. Huh? Sometimes people think it's a progression. Oh, you serve as deacon and then you promote to become elder. Well, that's not the case because their work is actually quite different. They are not junior elders. They serve in taking care of the affairs of the church. But although there are certain times you see deacons may eventually decide to take on the office of elders at some point, there may be deacons who eventually decide to become an evangelist. Just like we see in the book of uh, Acts chapter 21, we see that Philip was one of the seven that were appointed to do the work of a deacon. But subsequently, in Acts 21, we see that he's called Philip the evangelist. When he moved on from Jerusalem, he began to serve as an evangelist in the area of Caesarea. The word ministration, as we see in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, okay, actually suggests that the work they do is the work of deacons. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Christians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. And the word ministration is taken from another form of the word diakonos. Of course, diakonos, we know that it's referring to deacons. It's from the Greek word diakonia. And diakonia means service, ministering, especially of those who execute the command of others. So that's how we know that these are actually the work of deacons. These seven that were appointed, they were doing the work of deacons because they were actually doing the daily ministration, the daily diakonia. Okay. So again, we see that they were appointed to the duties of deacons even though they were not formally called deacons for the reason that I explained earlier. Well, deacons, what do they do? Part, a major part of the work that they do is that they minister to physical needs, the needs of the church. But deacons have to be someone who are actually uh, responsible, someone who are dedicated and have proven themselves. Because one of the qualifications given for deacons is that they must first be proved, and then they can use the office of a deacon being found blameless. So this suggests that you put faithful men that's, they are really serving to serve. It's not that you put a man to serve to make him faithful. Uh, maybe you put this brother there, uh, hopefully that he'll become more faithful. Okay. Sometimes you have this mentality, uh, hey, this brother only comes when he's serving, uh, he doesn't come when he's not serving. Let's put him to serve more so that you'll be more regular in worship. Well, you can't do that with deacons. Uh. You can't do that and say that I put a man who is not faithful to serve, hoping to make him faithful. These are men that are already faithful, serving in various ministries. That's why we put them to serve. So that's the word. First, we prove. And the word we prove comes from the Greek word dokimazoa, which means to recognize as genuine after examination, to approve, to deem worthy. So these are men that are deemed worthy because of the great work that they are already doing. 
That is why in the church, we need to involve our men to get them to serve. Because if you are not serving, then we can't have any potential deacons. But for the group of men that are already serving very hard, working behind the scenes, these are men, candidates that have the potential to be deacons in the church. And so these are servant leaders with a proven track record. You know them, you can trust them. And many times in the church, deacons are oftentimes elected to be the treasurer to take care of the finances of the church. Because these are probably the men that you can trust the most in the church. Okay, of course, with that, we've also together with the elders. But these are the men that the elders can trust the most. Because these are men that have proven themselves, that love the church, that love God. And the Bible also used the word serving tables huh, to describe the word of deacons. Okay. All right, Acts chapter 6, verse 1, we look at the word that there was the problem with the Christian widows who were neglected in the daily administration. And now we see that the word serving tables is used to parallel with that of the daily administration. Acts 6, verse 12, the disciples, the 12 called the disciples to them and said, it's not reason that we should love the word of God. We should leave the word of God and serve tables. So what does it mean to serve tables? Okay. Again, the word serve here is taken from another Greek word that is for the same form of the word dikonos. It's another form of the word. It's from the Greek word dikonio, okay, which is the verb of the form, which means to be a servant, attendant, domestic, to serve and to wait upon. So notice that deacons are serving tables. They're actually waiting upon people. Okay? So this shows the physical aspect of their work, that they take care to the physical needs of the church. Of course, in Acts chapter 6, we see that the work that they do is actually taking care of the physical needs of the widows. But beyond that, they can be involved in a very wide spectrum, a wide variety of works. As I mentioned, they can be treasurers, taking care of building and ground, fellowship, a lot of other areas that they can be involved in. In fact, it's quite interesting that while the work of elders is quite defined for us, last week we spoke about the three pairs of terms to describe their work. Okay, elders showing that they are men of experience, uh, overseers showing that they have their oversight over the church, looking after the physical affairs, and shepherds showing that they take care of the spiritual needs. But the word of deacons is just one word, deacon. Uh. This actually suggests that God has given us great liberty. He has given the church great liberty in using these special servants to serve various needs. Whatever the, need, the church has needs for, deacons can help in the area. So in the church at Lima Pit, well, we have deacons that are taking care of glorification, deacons that are taking care of evangelism, deacons that are taking care of building and ground. Okay. Of course, there are a lot of other works. And so the church does not have to limit itself to only a few deacons. In fact, a church that has more deacons, the better, because it shows that men are stepping up to serve. And notice that these criteria are not very stringent, are not impossible to meet, are not hard to target rich targets, because these are men, these are qualifications that all men, Christian men, should already have. They have the desire, they rule their house well. They are people who have proven themselves to be men of spiritual maturity. But lest we think that their work is only limited to the physical areas, a lot of times, deacons also help with spiritual matters as well. So that's why I say they have great liberty. A lot of areas that they can be involved in. For instance, they assist elders in holding the mystery of the faith. They are men who love God, who love the truth. A common misconception people have is that elders take care of spiritual. Deacons take care of physical. But here we see that one of the criteria is that they must have a spiritual qualification to be able to hold the mystery, uh, hold the mystery of the faith in good conscious, in pure conscience. So there are people who can defend God, defend the, the Bible. There are men who stand up for the truth, assisting elders in this work in ensuring the spiritual welfare of the church. They can also assist the work of preachers as well. In fact, we see the example of Stephen and Philip. They were great and powerful preachers, weren't they? 
Okay. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, for instance, we see that Philip went to the city of Samaria to do preaching. Okay. So this was the deacon who was well-versed in preaching gospel. When the Samaritans heard, believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. So you notice that something interesting about deacons is that there is one requirement that they have different from elders. Elders are asked are tasked to be apt to teach, huh? being able to teach. But that requirement is missing from the requirement of deacons. So deacons doesn't have to be teachers. But in this case, we see that there are deacons that have proven themselves to be capable men. Capable men filled with knowledge of God's word and they go about teaching. In fact, we see that Stephen was also a very powerful preacher of God's word, right? He went to preach to the, to, to the people and we see that there were false teachers who rose up to resist him. But Acts chapter 6 verse 10 says, they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. So deacons, a lot of times, they are also serving as teachers in the church as well. We are blessed when we have deacons who are able to teach. Some of them are very capable of taking on multiple roles at, uh, at once. So we are thankful if we have deacons in the Lord's church. But if God has blessed us with faithful men, capable men that serve as deacons, how should we respond to these men? What should our attitude be towards them? You know, sometimes people forget about deacons, uh, they neglect them. Uh. A lot of times you see when people pray for the church, uh, they pray for elders, they pray for preachers. But oftentimes I see that deacons are neglected in the prayers because they work so hard in the background, uh, but people do not see that at the forefront. So as the saying goes, out of sight, out of mind. So we need to really regard and to respect and to revere our deacons well. In fact, we need to revere them for their character. They are men of great character that we need to really appreciate them. One of the qualifications given for deacons in 1 Timothy 3 verse 8 says, Likewise, must the deacons be grave. When you look at the word grave, huh, people think of it very serious. Huh? For our deacons huh, must walk along with a solemn pace. Don't joke, don't laugh. Huh? Uh, give a stern look, warn people when they do wrong. Huh? Well, that's not the meaning of the word. Huh? It, it can mean serious actually. But the word semnos, the word for grave, semnos, uh, actually means to be venerated for character, to be honorable. So this suggests to us that these are people who are well-respected. In fact, the ERV version, the easy-to-read version says, instead of word grave, uh, it says they must have the respect of others. So this tells us we need to respect these people because of the character that they have. In fact, for someone to be appointed a deacon, this shows a great testament to their character. Men who are blameless, who are found worthy, and of great Christian maturity. So we need to respect them. In fact, we see that when the apostles asked the church to appoint people, what did they say? They are men of honest report. Huh? So these are men that are trusted, well-trusted, because they are men of honest report. They are probably the people that you can trust actually with your lives. Okay? So deacons, oftentimes, as I mentioned earlier, they are appointed treasurers of the church because you can trust them with money. Huh? They are people who are not covetous. They love God more than they love money. In fact, in the church at Limapin, Limapin congregation, previous time where we have deacons, some of these deacons actually serve as uh, treasurers as well. Okay, for example, we know Brother Benjamin Tan, a very faithful, a very uh, hardworking man who served as a deacon, and his wife helped with the accounts of the church. Okay, of course, that's you think that we become collusion. Uh, no, uh, because the accounts are audited. Uh, so very transparent, even though they work hand in hand, but they are audited to make sure that there is no, uh, no misuse of the money. Okay. So deacons, really, there are people that you can really trust. If you can trust them with physical, uh, with spiritual things, uh, then all the more you need to trust them with physical things. Okay. So the example of the seven that were elected shows that these are men of honest report. Okay. So we have deacons in the church, we need to really esteem them very highly because they are men of great character. 
they also need to be respected as well. Okay? Even if you don't respect them as men of good character, respect them for the work that they do because they are doing a lot of great work. Hard work, uh, if you think about it. If you think about physical labor, the things that they do, sometimes they help with building and ground. In uh, Limapin Church, they have a very good deacon, uh, Uncle Jerry, uh, who oftentimes come to do the gardening. Uh. People don't see the work. Uh. They only see the beautiful plants. Wow, the plants grow so beautifully. God really takes care of them. Uh. But they don't know that Uncle Jerry comes every Saturday to water the plants, cut the grass, and keep the place neat and tidy. So really, respect them for the hard work that they do. In fact, in 1 Timothy 3 verse 13 says, deacons have used, they have used the office of deacon well, purchased to themselves a good degree. The new King, the King James Version can be a bit confusing. Uh. What do you mean by purchase a, a good degree? Uh? Sounds like you are pick, buying fake degrees. Uh. But that's not the case. Uh. The word degree actually from the Greek word, bathmos, which means of a great of dignity and wholesome influence in the church. Or the ISV version, the International Standard Version says, instead of the word a good degree, he says, gain an excellent reputation for themselves. So deacons are being well respected because of the good work that they are doing. Members see them being involved in the work. They know that there are men that they can trust, depend on when you give them a work to do. They will get it done. In fact, we see that a lot of times deacons are very, very well respected. In the early church, read about Stephen was a great man, a man filled with spirit, filled with wisdom. The preaching is done, he did uh, was probably one of the most powerful sermons you can reach in the, in the New Testament. You know, many times, in fact, when I want to talk about Bible survey, Old Testament survey, uh, a very brief overview, uh, I often like to use Acts 7 because Stephen did such a great job summarizing the history of Israel, showing God's care of the people and how the people time and again rejected God. But for this great sermon that he preached, that pricked the heart of the people, we see that the Jewish leaders were upset at him. In fact, they stoned him and put him to death. But notice that when he died, uh, what happened? Acts chapter 8 verse 2 shows the kind of respect that the church had for him. Devout man carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. The loss of Stephen was a great loss to the church. And indeed, when we lose deacons in the church, it's actually a great loss as well. As well. I remember that uh, when our late Uncle Hong Ling passed away, His funeral was probably one of the most well-attended one that uh, we actually came across. You know, he was, people loved him so much that there was no space for people to sit down. Uh, everybody, a lot of people had to stand up because not enough chairs for people. Because people really appreciate that we have such a great deacon. He passed away at quite a young age from a heart attack. But this was a man who was well-loved. In fact, when I remember the scene where, he, where his funeral, there was probably not a dry eye in the audience. Uh. Everybody was weeping. Seldom do you go to a funeral where you see that everybody was so touched, was so moved by the funeral. But this was a man who had made great contribution to the church. And so this was someone who was well known. So when I look at this scene of Stephen at the burial, this was something that brought to mind the scene of our late Uncle Ong when he passed on. So really, we need to respect this man for the work. Because a lot of times they are unappreciated for the great work that they do. It's only when they pass on that we begin to make great eulogies and people begin to recall the great work that they do. But instead of remembering, remembering them when they pass on, why not remember and to appreciate them while they are still alive? <clears throat> and the third thing we need to do responding to deacons is that we need to regard them for their faith. We need to regard them highly for the faith that they show in doing God's work. After all, when we talk about all these things, remember we talk about the kind of work that they do. Uh, it's really a great scope. Uh, okay? So for men to be able to step up to take the initiative, uh, they're actually making a lot of sacrifices. So regard them highly for the work that they do. 
In fact, the last part of verse 13 says, when the elders, when the deacons, they have done their work well, they have great bonus in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. People respect them. They speak God's word without fear. We see how Stephen makes such a great sermon that even though the people are quick, they put him to death. Nevertheless, he does not flinch from preaching the truth. We talk about Philip was a man who preached God's word with great bonus. Even telling Simon the sorcerer was a man who actually had great influence in the church of Samaria, in the, in the city of Samaria, but he was really able to correct him. This was a man who had great bonus. And the word bonus is from the Greek word parasia, which means free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, bonus assurance. And the contemporary English version, the CEV says, highly respected for their faith in Christ Jesus. So for deacons, really respect them because these are men of great faith who have taken great sacrifices in order to serve in this work of the North Church. In fact, we consider the example of Stephen. When he passed on, when he was dying, as he was being stoned, the Bible tells us that he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. You know, in the Bible, oftentimes we think about Jesus at the right hand of God. He oftentimes portrays Jesus as sitting at the right hand of God. But commentators, when they look at this verse, they say that it's actually a sign of the honor that Christ has given to him, uh, that one of his faithful has died for his cause. And now Jesus is standing to welcome him back home. So indeed, we see that deacons are highly regarded by God. And all the more we should regard deacons when they do well in the Lord's church. So brethren, in this morning's lesson, we have considered God's plan for deacons in his church. All right, let me drink some water. Okay, we see that uh, why there is a requirement for deacons. Why we need deacons? Because deacons is a sign that the church is doing well. It is growing. So when we have deacons, we should be happy that this is show that the church is well. When we have deacons in the church, it also allows for proper division of labor. When other members can do the area of service, elders can focus on taking care of the needs of the church, the needs of members. Preachers can focus on helping the lost, preaching to the lost. The teachers in the church, remember we talked about another office, or rather another role that God has given the church. Teachers are, can focus on building up members when deacons help to take care of the physical affairs and not just that, also the spiritual affairs. And we talk about how it's a virtual cycle. When there are deacons in the church, not only does it show the church is growing, but it helps to perpetuate further growth as well. We all speak about the deacons, responsibility of deacons. What do deacons do? Well, deacons, they serve under the oversight of elders. A lot of times, deacons make sacrifices. Huh? They don't get honor and credit enough for the work that they do. Elders, oftentimes, preachers are at the forefront doing the work. They get recognition. But deacons, a lot of times, they are not. So recognize that they do work. They do hard work. They serve under elders. They minister to physical needs. But that's not just what they do. A lot of times, deacons are very capable and they go beyond their call of duty, serving and assisting with spiritual matters as well. And so how should we treat deacons? Revere them for their character. These are men of moral, upright character. Don't take false accusations of deacons. Sometimes it's very sad in the church. Huh? We see deacons step down because of brethren giving accusations to them. But don't do that. Revere them for their character. Respect them for the work that they do. It's hard work. Huh? Not many people will take up the work of deacons. So when there are men who do that, cherish them, appreciate them. And to regard them very highly for the faith that they have. In fact, we consider deacons... Huh? A lot of times we talk about elders and deacons, I would say, oh, elders are more important. Uh, no deacons, never mind. But actually, if you think about it, deacons are no less important than elders. Their duties may differ, 
but the degree of rank and importance of work uh, is actually just best estimation. Uh. So sometimes we tend to regard people that we see more often as more important. But really, deacons are very important in God's work as well. Deacons are like the support. Uh, okay? They help to support the work. When you think about supporting role, uh, the husbands and wives, uh, will your husband say that the wife is not important because the wife plays a supporting role? If you ask the elders, the preachers in the church, uh, they will tell you, say, no, uh, the, the wives actually do a great work for them. The wife oftentimes, the elders attend to members. The wife will say, go ahead, I'll take care of the children back home. And preachers go and preach to people at night. The wife will say, never mind, I'll take care of the house. You go and do your own work. So really, these are supporting roles are no less important than the other works that they do, the spiritual work. Likewise, in the church, men are the ones taking the lead in preaching, teaching, serving in the, in the, in the pulpit. But our women doing a less role? Not so. Uh, you ask the hungry stomachs uh, during the break time, uh, the food that is provided, where do they come from? Well, the sisters provide for them. They prepare them. So the work they do is no less. Uh, they teach in children classes, welcoming visitors. In fact, if you have no women in the church, uh, I think the church will be a very cold place. Uh. People just come here, worship, and then go home. Men don't want to do cleaning, don't want to do cooking. Uh. They will be very cold. But ladies have to make the church a warm, warm place. So supporting roles are no less than the spiritual roles. They also help to do a great work. So we need to respect them. In fact, deacons a lot of times we overlook them. They are actually the unsung heroes of the church. In fact, I think about it now, the saying that says, behind every successful man is a woman. And I think behind every successful church is a group of dedicated deacons. They help to make sure that the church functions well, making make sure that things goes well. The church, a lot of times, things goes well, no, not by accident, but because of the hard work of deacons. And so good leadership is something that we need to aspire to. But we cannot do it by wishful thinking. We hope and hope and wish that five years' time, we can have deacons in the church, we can have elders in the church. That doesn't happen by accident. Deacons, elders in the church, the future of insight depends on these men. What kind of leaders do we want to have? Do we want to have leaders that will push us to excel, push us to grow, and then correct us when we sin and make us feel uncomfortable? Or do we want leaders that will make us feel very comfortable? Uh, never mind, I don't want to do anything. I just relax, bless our laurels and let us be by ourselves. I think we recognize that the former is more helpful. So the kind of leadership that we have depends on the kind of leadership we encourage, the kind of man that we encourage, the kind of man that we appoint to be leaders. They are already serving, that we recognize them, encourage them, appoint them to leaders. And the kind of leadership that we are willing to follow. A lot of times people say we want good leadership, but when good leadership is elected, they say, I, I don't want to follow his leadership. Every time ask me to do work, every time ask me to help in certain things. Well, but if you don't want to follow them, then men will not step up to be the leaders. So to have good leaders in the church, these are the men we need to respect, appoint, and then follow their leadership. Brethren, are we willing to use ourselves as to serve as leaders in the Lord's church? Especially for the men, will we have the aspiration to serve as elders and deacons and various leadership roles in the church? And as we mentioned before, our Lord, holds his leaders, his servants in great regard. As Jesus says in John 12, 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall my servant be. If my, any man serve me, him will my father honour. So a servant in the Lord's church is really the highest role that we can esteem to, we can aspire to. Okay? Jesus says in Matthew 20, verse 26, 28, If you want to be great, let you be the servant. Those who want to be the chiefest, let him be the minister. So to be great in God's church, we need to be servants. To the friends that are among us, thank you for joining us for this morning. So far, we're talking about the servant leadership that deacons portray. But we actually have a greater servant that has shown an example for us. 
A servant that did not come to be served, but to be not that did not come to be served, but to serve, and he gave his life a ransom for many. This is the greatest servant that has shown his example for us, even giving himself to die for us. Can you imagine the great kind of great love that he has shown towards us? Our Lord Jesus being deity, coming down to serve lowly men, his creation, even to the point of dying for his creation. This is the really the kind of leaders that we should follow because this shows great love for his followers. Will you yourselves in obedience to this greater servant who died for you? Well, if you are willing to do so, the good news is God has given us his plan of salvation. What can we do to become a member of his church, to become part of his saved and his children? Well, we see that God has sent his son to die for us. Jesus shed his blood. The Holy Spirit has revealed to us the plan of salvation. If you desire to obey the gospel, it's a very simple step that we have to follow. First, we hear God's word and we believe his word. And then we have to repent of our sins to change our way of life, to confess Jesus as the Son of God and to be baptized to wash away our sins. Thereafter, we continue to be faithful, serving him in his kingdom, and then we shall have the crown of life. If any of you would like to desire to obey and to respond to the gospel, why not let any one of us know as we stand and sing the hymn of invitation and encouragement, Saviour, lead me as I stray. Saviour, lead me as I stray. Gently lead me all the way. I am saved by thy son. I Leave me, leave me, say, leave me as I stray. Gently down the stream of time, leave me, Savior of all the Thou the refuge of my soul, when thy saw me be lost, roll. I am saved when thou art now. All my hopes on thee belong. Leave Leave me less I stray. 
Gently down the stream of time, lead me safe all the way.